Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And it's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. I am blessed, and I am thankful to share this hour on Thanksgiving Day with you. You know, a few weeks ago, my youngest son, we call him number five, sent me a video of the class for his second daughter, who is attending kindergarten. They memorized and recited together Psalms 100. Yes, they're in a private school. He works for a church, and the church has a school, and they're in a private school. I thought it was fitting that I share it with you today. So if you want, you can open your mind or your Bible, or you can just uh, bow your heads and listen as we do read Psalm 100. Why? Because today is to be thankful and to praise. A psalm for giving grateful praise. Shout for the Lord to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The class said this, and then all together they said, Psalms 100. That's how we should teach the children to pray. Let's let God's word be on our tongues, Father, your word, to drive our hearts in praise with praise and thanksgiving every day, to do your will and to follow the path you have laid before us. For such a time as this, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving. This morning is a busy time in the households throughout this entire nation, greasing up the bird, making it ready for roasting and prepping for the feast to come, setting the table just right, or stacking the paper plates and laying out the napkins, making sure it's perfect when the family arrives. I do love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. As the holiday season comes around each year, I try my best. I study to bring you special shows, something different, educational and hopefully inspiring. We've covered the history when Thanksgiving became a national holiday numerous times. And we've talked about the turkeys who get pardoned and the history behind that. And I usually share some poems and prayers. This year, I wanted to look into the depth. I want us to look into the depths of the American pilgrims. The word pilgrim, we've heard numerous times and used in numerous ways. The dictionary definition is a person who journeys to a sacred place for religious reasons. I suppose today they'd be defined as radicals. But that's truly nothing new. And if you're a cowboy aficionado, you've heard the Duke, John Wayne, use the word pilgrim a few times. When he was in the man who shot Liberty Valance, it's, whoa, take her easy there, pilgrim. He also said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. That's out of true grit. You know, I used to say that to my husband when I had to help him fix the roof. I had to get up on the roof, and I'm, me no like heights. I said, I'm the one who's brave here, because it doesn't bother you, but it bothers me to get up on the roof. So I saddled up anyway. John Wayne said, My hope and prayer is that everyone know and love our country for what she really is and what she stands for. If you don't know our history, if we don't know our history, the history of this nation, how can we understand what she stands for? The Duke's legacy John Wayne stated, I want to play a real man in all my films, and I define manhood simply 
Men should be tough, fair, and courageous. Never petty, never looking for a fight, but never backing down from one either. And the American pilgrims, they never backed down, and they didn't give up. What about before the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock? We've talked some about that in the past, but I want to delve into it just a little bit more today. America was once called a Christian nation and established as such. Why? Why is that so? Perhaps the larger question is why do so many today deny that fact or look down upon it, grieve over it, so to speak? You know, I'm worried about our nation. I'll just be honest. There is a melancholy in my soul for what I see happening here today. When the past no longer illuminates the future, the spirit walks in darkness. Alexis Day Talkwavel, I've shared that with you before. Thank you, Alexis, for reminding us that our history is important. As we study our history, how America came to be, I wonder what will the future generations remember about us in our time this day. We are now 403 years since the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. They left us a great legacy. But what will we leave behind? Will our history be illuminated? Or will we leave to our posterity a land of restrictions and slavery, darkness, a government based on godlessness? Legacy. History, something for us to think about. I love to quote the Founding Fathers, and our Founding Fathers quoted and looked to their founders, the Pilgrims. The Pilgrims were considered radicals in their day, and our Founding Fathers were seen as radicals in their day by those who opposed them. Radical is not a new adjective. It has long been a popular one with the critics of others. The pilgrims, separatists, and Puritans came here for religious freedom. They fled religious persecution. But today in America, the once new world, Christianity is looked down upon by many in our government and in our media. We who are believers, those of us who believe in the Ten Commandments, who believe in walking a path of purity, believe in marriage between a man and a woman, if we have love of God, and respect him and try to live his righteousness, not that I ever accomplished that, we are considered radicals. In today's America, our own FBI is targeting Christians and conservative organizations. Killing babies is preferred over protecting life. Perverted pleasures, drunkenness, and drug use is being served up as normal. Good is called evil, and evil they call good. Are we radicals? Perhaps. Yet as Christians, we are called to be different. In Deuteronomy, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord your God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people. In Second Peter, in First Peter, but ye are chosen a generation of royal priesthood and a, ho- a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him. Radical for Christ. I wish I was more so and more courageous in my speech and my actions. Thomas Paine wrote, Let them call me rebel and welcome. I feel no concern for it. But should I suffer the misery of devils? Were to were I to make a horror of my soul by swearing allegiance to one whose character is that of a soddy, stupid, stubborn, worthless, brutish man? Oh, he might not necessarily have been a Christian radical, but he was looking to the future of this nation, a future that included morality, freedom of religion, justice for all people. Strength, independence, and liberty. As we take this pilgrimage into the our beginning, let me ask this question of all of us. What legacy are we leaving to the future generations of this nation? Are we thinking ahead to such? Or are we simply only thinking of ourselves and the now? If there was to be a monument depicting heroes of today, what would it look like? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. More on the Pilgrims before Plymouth Rock. And we'll be right back.
Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. Now, most people are aware our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now, according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day, but on average, we get less than 12 minerals from our foods. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement, can fill that gap because it contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-316-2224 or on the website Immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-316-2224. 888-316-2224. You'll be glad you did. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Steyer's and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. And we have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth. And if you're listening, I want to thank you for tuning in today. It's Thanksgiving Day, and I know you're busy as you can be, or else getting ready to go somewhere else where somebody else has been busy. So thank you. So we're studying today the Plymouth, the Pilgrims before Plymouth Rock, America's legacy. When I began to search and study for this year's Thanksgiving show, I fully intended to concentrate on Paul Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, maybe next year. And perhaps on William Bradford, which we will talk about him today. But I stumbled onto a website called 40th.org that was established in 2020. And that would have been the 400th uh, Thanksgiving. On this site, it mentioned a man's name that I wasn't familiar with, or at least I didn't remember. And that was John Robinson. So who is this man? Now, as I was reading on their site, I saw something. Several years ago, I shared with you the commentary by Paul Harvey, Pilgrim's Thanksgiving. He spoke of the immigrants into Dutch town named Leiden, L-E-I-D-E-N. They migrated there and then became unhappy and migrated or immigrated to the New World, America. Most of the information I share with you today has come from 400th.org or uh, they had several other websites that were connected to this. The Leiden Preservation Preservation Group, and Leiden is L-E-Y-D-E-N in this. Thus, of small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, 
So the light here kindled hath shone unto many, yea, in some sort to our whole nation. Let the glorious name of Jehovah have all the praise. William Bradford. Now, when I was reading the mission and the articles listed on that website, 400th.org, I saw the word Leiden and immediately drew me to the other one, Leiden, L-E-I-D-E-N. Has America ceased to be occupied by those who are like-minded hearts of the Judeo faith, Judeo-Christian faith? Who would be the light into the world if we are not? Those who are the loudest are bringing darkness, not light. Who was this John Robinson, and what is his story, and what does that have to do with us on this 403rd Thanksgiving Day? He was pastor of the Pilgrims, and one of the founders of the radical separatist movement. But John Robinson would never set foot on the Mayflower. He led the pilgrims from the towns and villages they hailed from to the pretty Dutch town of Leiden, helping plan the pioneering journey of the Mayflower. He was instrumental in planning a second pilgrim voyage, but would tragically die before being able to live his dreams. His influence on the Mayflower story cannot be underestimated, though. And for those tracing ancestry through the places where the pilgrims originated, John Robinson's legacy is a reoccurring theme. Robinson was born sometime between 1575 and 1576 in Sturton Lee Steeple, a small English uh, village nestled in Nottinghamshire countryside. Today, about 500 people live there, and uh, just down the road are the villages of Scrooby, that's S-C-R-O-O-B-Y, and Babworth, home to William Brewster and William Bradford, two men who would go on to lead the pilgrims when they arrived in the New World. I can't help but wonder, what does England think of these men? Are their homes monumented there as the founders of America? A bit of irony thinking there. kind of gives me a little chuckle. Records show that Robinson traveled to Cambridge University to study from April 9th of 1592 and graduated in 1595. It was during this time that he was attracted to the principles of Puritism and its radical teachings. Though there were different types of Puritism, Puritans essentially wanted the Church of England to shed its Catholic influence. Now, remember, back in this day, the scriptures were only for the priests and not for the everyday folks. He became a fellow of the university's Corpus Christi College in 1599, but was not permitted to hold the fellowship if he married. This prompted him to resign, and he married Bridget White, also of Sturton Lee Steeple, on the 15th of February in 1604. He moved to Norfolk, where he took charge of St. Andrew's Church in the center of Norwich. At that time, the city had a significant population of Puritans, and it had contacts with Europe, particularly in Holland. Though his radical views on religion meant he gave up the position when the authorities suspended him. Instead, now listen, I mean, we've gone through here. He's already been kind of chastised a couple times. Instead, he preached to small separatist congregations, separatists being those who wish to separate from the Church of England, not from God. That's There's a difference. Frustrated by the attitudes and teachings, they believed too many aspects of the Roman Catholic Church, I think this is hysterically funny, had been retained and believed that lax public behavior, public drunkenness, for example, was becoming too widespread. Think about us today. Oh, my gosh. He has was removed from office in 1604 when the Bishop of Norwich enforced the ruling that all those who rejected the faith and practices of the established church should be ejected. Now, he rejected the teachings of that day's church, that established state church, not the Bible, not God's word. So Robinson returned with his wife to Sturton Lee Steeple, meeting others frustrated with the church and its limitations. They included John Smith, nearby Gainsborough, 
William Brewster of Scrooby, William Bradford of Osterfield, Richard Clifton of Babruth, and Richard Bernard of at Worksop. He threw his lot in with this group known as the Scrooby Separatists. The group met mainly at Scrooby Manor, the home of William Brewster. <clears throat> Richard Clifton, who had been based at Babruth Church, became their pastor, their minister, and Robinson was the assistant pastor. They made a dramatic attempt to immigrate to Holland in 1607, but the nearby town of Boston, they got betrayed, and Robinson was, among others, imprisoned in the cell in Boston Guildhall. Having been tried and then freed, a second attempt, but was successful, was made from Eamingham in 1608, and Robinson stayed behind to look after the weaker members of the group and traveled to Amsterdam the following year. It was here that he became pastor of the Pilgrims. The Scrooby Separatists eventually settled in the Dutch city of Leiden in 1609, and Robinson became pastor of the church. Under the leadership of Robinson and William Brewster, the congregation grew steadily and in time of congregation became several hundred in number. He became associated with the university there and became recognized as a leading theologian of the separatists. For he was a distinguished scholar, they said, among many eminent scholars, and one of the leaders in the planning of the subsequent journey to America by the Pilgrim Fathers in the Mayflower in 1620. The journey to America was born out of two fears at the forefront of Robinson's mind. Fear number one, that the group was suffering hardship in a strange land that would have been Leiden to their mind, and the children of the group were becoming more Dutch than England. English, excuse me. Secondly, a war between Holland and Spain loomed and spelt danger for the freedom they had fled for. Freedom of religion. Freedom to worship. You know, I noticed throughout the stories of these, their faith in God led their lives, not their hobbies, not their jobs. It wasn't a pastime. It wasn't just a Wednesday night and a Sunday activity. It was their lives. They made all their decisions based on, based on their faith. Now, a small minority of the congregation left on a boat called the Speedwell from Leiden. Robinson gave a solemn service before they left and planned to join them at a later date. It was to have accomplished, he was to have accomplished the second wave of pilgrims, accompanied, excuse me. But he died in Leiden, and a memorial plaque attached to St. Peter Kirk Church states that John Robinson was buried under the house of worship on March 4th, 1625. There was a plaque there, and it states, His broadly tolerant mind guided and developed the religious life of the pilgrims of the Mayflower. Of him these walls enshrine all that was mortal. He undying, his undying spirit still dominates the consequence, the consciousness of the mighty nation in the land beyond the seas. Like Moses, Robinson did not make it to what he must have seen as the new promised land. So, what is next then? What is next? You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. What if things were made in America again? We all complain about our products, even our food coming from foreign lands and foreign laborers. But do we really understand? James Stubert didn't understand, so he dug in and wow, he kept digging in. It all started with a light bulb. It held the label GE, but it read Made in China. Jim has done the research. Now you can have the answers in detail. Consumers can rebuild the middle class by buying things made in American communities. Find out why free trade resulted in 
and 6 million lost manufacturing jobs and lower wages for most Americans. While free trade brought cheaper goods, we also had less money to purchase goods. That giant sucking sound sucked the life right out of American manufacturing. Order Jim's book today. What if things were made in America again? Send 2495 to CSE Talk Radio, Post Office Box 73, California, Missouri, 65018. Let's build it in America, buy it in America, and bring America home. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. For centuries, those who raise, breed, and work with animals have been revered and lauded for what they do. Today, across America, the rights to own and raise animals are under attack by animal rights activists and their increased influence on government and non-government agencies. This onslaught regularly violates protection from legal search and seizure and a citizen's right to due process of the law, all of which are outlined specifically in the U.S. Constitution. Protect your animals, your animal enterprise, and your property from this abuse of power with a membership to the Cavalry Group. Membership provides immediate access to their team to protect law-abiding animal owners and animal enterprise against unwarranted search and seizure and false claims. They also work to protect their members' interests legislatively at the local, state, and federal levels. Get the shield that protects you, your animals, and your property. Join the Cavalry Group today. Call 855-748-4210 or go to their website at thecavalrygroup.com. For such a time as this, we know that the heart of a nation takes on the heart of its people. If the people have turned from God, the nation is doomed in sin. God is in control of all nations and their leaders. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The future of this nation is relying on the bended knees of the people, God's people. Will you accept this challenge to sacrifice five minutes a day to kneel and to pray? For such a time as this, Queen Esther was put in place by God to save her people. You have that same obligation now. Will you humble yourselves and pray, ask forgiveness and trust in our God to heal our land and bring America home? We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, we've been studying the pilgrims before Plymouth Rock. And as we closed in the last segment, the leader, Robinson, did not make it to the to America. But he helped initiate it and plan it, and he, and he organized it. So what comes next? A covenant? Now, a covenant is a sacred agreement between God and individuals, binding those individuals together before God in a common purpose. The Scrooby Covenant, now I didn't have that in front of me to look at it, but this was the separatists that they put this together. The Scrooby Covenant of 1606 was significant because it was a rejection of the worldly and coercive system of social and religious organizations in favor of a covenant between God and man entered by individuals binding themselves together before God through a solemn covenant, which they freely acknowledged on behalf of themselves, their families, and their heirs. William Bradford explained it this way, The Lord's free people joined themselves by a covenant of the Lord 
into a church estate in the fellowship of the gospel to walk in all his ways made known or to be made known unto them according to their best endeavors whatsoever it should cost them the Lord assisting them and that was William Bradford 14 years later the spirit of foundations the spirit foundations and structure of the 1606 covenant were repeated that's the covenant of Scroobyville. Scrooby. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it was repeated in a Provincetown harbor aboard the Mayflower when members of Pastor John Robinson's congregation, he was not there, joined by others who would build their new society, covenanted and combined in a civil body politic. And in the name of God, amen to create America's first great covenant, the Mayflower Compact. Remember now, in years past, we've studied this. They had to sign this covenant before they exited the ship. It had to be done. They chose to remain where they landed in New England. They needed a new permission, called a patent, to settle there. And on November 11th of 1620... Needing to maintain order and establish civil society while they waited for this new patent, the adult male passengers signed the Mayflower Compact. And it reads like this, and it's a little tough, so bear with me. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland King, Defender of the Faith and Company, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our King and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents solemnly and mutually in presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends of aforesaid and by virtue hereof do enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony unto which we promise all due submission and obedience in witness whereof we have hereunto subscribed our names at Cape Cod the 11th of November in the year of the reign of our sovereign Lord King James of England France and Ireland the 18th of Nisek and of Scotland, the 54th Anno Domino, Domini, 1620. Now, I won't read you all of the names that were on that, but you are well aware that it was all the men that were on that ship. And the two that you will recognize are William Bradford and William Brewster. This 1620 Mayflower Pack Compact has correctly been honored as the conception monument for what would ultimately become the United States of America. The Robinson-Scrooby Covenant of 1606 became the model of the Covenant of the Mayflower Compact in 1620, which in turn, and I was trying to emphasize some of those phrases there, and we'll talk about those again tomorrow, which in turn became the model of the Declaration of Independence of 1776. What special men and women these were. Exceptional, don't you think? Speaking uh, the Bicentennial in 1820 of the Mayflower Compact on the Covenantal Origins of Our Nation, Daniel Webster, now this was in 1820, Daniel Webster admonished this way, Let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its lights and labored in its hopes. I love that phrase. 
They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse it in diffuse its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, or literary. And they dedicated that Pilgrim Hall in 1820. This covenantal vision of Pastor John Robinson and our Pilgrim founders is beautifully communicated through the figures of faith, morality, law, education, and liberty, and it's found on the National Monument to the Forefathers in America's hometown of Plymouth, Massachusetts. The the uh, website I stumbled upon was promoting this. I have not been there. I have not heard of it, and I hope I can one day. William Bradford said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith the elders obtained good report, and through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar, from afar off, and being persuaded to them, and embracing them, and confessing that they were but strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that these they seek another country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he hath prepared for them a city. In my studies for this year's Thanksgiving, I stumbled on a writer who was, did not believe in American exceptionalism. I don't believe he believed in God. And he said this, um, the end of the American experiment, he said, at least not in the Bible. He didn't believe in the Bible. Just words, he thought, of different men and their insights upon the time in which they lived. These are his thoughts after reading William Bradford. The end of the American experiment may well come in part, but for the fictional character from which it was partially fashioned, the idea of American independence and rugged individualism, no, not American exceptionalism, but I say the American experiment did not fail, but the Americans failed the experiment. The fathers who came before us were most definitely exceptional, not perfect, and we owe them a great deal. For all their sacrifice and hardships and hard work, we have an easy life. And in our easy lives, will we leave a golden legacy for our posterity or will we just leave hardship? You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, the Pilgrims before Plymouth. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouthwatering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjusted fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. My 
MyPillow 2.0 with its temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Best yet, it's BOGO. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com and click on Radio Podcast Square. Use the promo code Bethann or just give them a call at 1-800-978-6168. That's 1-800-978-6168. Promo code Bethann. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your buy one, get one free, my pillow towel set go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener special and enter promo code bethann or call at 1-800-978-6168 that's mypillow.com and the promo code is bethann oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of grain for companies that stay with us through thick and thin and pain Join us as we celebrate the companies who support this nation, support CSC Talk Radio. Our All-American Market page hosts companies who are now affiliates and sponsors of CSC Talk Radio, MyPillow, McCall's Candles, Liberty Tabletop, and there's more to come. Whether you contact them via website or by phone, you have to use the promo code BETHANN. These companies have endured the economic storms of bad trade policies and U.S. regulations, and they have earned your business. They take pride in their products. So visit the new webpage, csctalkradio.com, and click on the All-American Market button. That's csctalkradio.com All-American Market button. And always use the promo code BETHANN. We have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Okay, so we've been studying the pilgrims before Plymouth Rock. John Robinson, who was their pastor who never made it to the Mayflower. America's legacy. It was Christian, you know, even though we have people that tell us it was not. While our pilgrim fathers and mothers lived their faith, planned their lives by their faith in God, Americans today decided we no longer need such a close relationship with our Lord. Many deliberately misinterpret the words of our Constitution and what Thomas Jefferson had said and decided we have a separation of church and state. Separation, yes. The state was to stay out of the church, but moral and religious men were to be the character of those in positions of government. The government of the United States of America. Excuse me. John Adams said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. From the Mayflower Compact to our Declaration of Independence to our Constitution, morality and virtue are the foundation of our republic and necessary for society to be free. If you have no faith, if you have no belief in a God, in God, then who do you give thanks to on this day? Carnally, we live these days giving in to the pleasures of the flesh and ignoring the great need of our spirit. God blesses. If you are a non-believer and yet you are sitting around a table of plenty, you should know and understand you have been blessed in spite of yourself. So are we living godly lives in a pagan society or have we joined the pagans? Again, William Bradford, thus out of small beginnings, Greater things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so that here kindled hath shone unto many, yea, in some sort to our whole nation, let the glorious name of Jehovah have all the praises. 403 years now. Edward Winslow wrote this at the first thanks about the first thanksgiving 
I think this is awesome. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fouling. That's so we might have, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, with a little help besides, served the company almost a week. At which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, and many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest of their great, among the rest, their greatest king, Massasoit, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always as plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partake with our plenty. No national holiday is more unifying or has done more to birth a distinctive national identity than Thanksgiving Day. Regardless of sectarian differences or political creed, Americans gather to feast as families to celebrate around the Thanksgiving table. The debate whether or not the pilgrims established the first Thanksgiving celebration misses the point. They modeled for future generations the principle of days of Thanksgiving and celebration. And today, we rightfully look to the pilgrim fathers and mothers as our inspiration. Pilgrim father William Bradford would have been pleased He anticipated that the work of these thankful and persevering people would continue for generations. Last and not least, they cherished a great hope and inward zeal of laying good foundations, or at least of making somewhat towards it, for the propagation and advance of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in the remote parts of the world, even though they should be but stepping stones to others in the performance of so great a work, William Bradford. Giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, out of First Thessalonians. Be not anxious about anything, but in everything be prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Philippians. And out of Psalms, I will give thanks to the Lord because he is righteous, I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. And out of 1 Peter, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against our souls. And in Hebrews, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Out of those last two, this is what they're talking about. In both those verses, Christians are therefore encouraged to see themselves as pilgrims and strangers on the earth, temporary residents whose true home is in heaven. We are not human beings having a temporary experience, spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. I'm going to close with My House is Full. It's something I've used every Thanksgiving. It's usually requested. I don't get requests for that too much anymore that I sing this every year. The words are like this. And this is going back to the fact that they believed in evangelical beings here. They believed it was our job here in America as Christians to be the light unto the world. But sometimes we don't want to do that. There's peace and contentment in my father's house today. Lots of food on his table and no one is turned away. There's singing and there's laughter as the hours pass by. But a hush calms the singing as the father sadly cries. My house is full, but my fields are empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to sit around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. Won't you please work in my fields? Push away from the table. Look out through the window pane. Just beyond this house of plenty lies a field of golden grain, and it's ripe unto harvest. 
Oh, but the reapers, where are they? They're in the house. Oh, can't the children hear the father sadly say, My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? Seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my field. Will you go and work in my field? The pilgrims were thankful, even in their trials. No, they were not perfect people, but they were God's children who desired Him to be every part of their lives, and they believed it was their duty to share that love, to share their bounty, to share God with a lost world. The separated from the church and state, yes, they did, but they never separated from God. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Hugs to all of you as we bring America home. CSC Talk Radio's goal is to bring America home. That includes you and your business. Radio is a powerful way to brand your company and increase your profits. Find out how to join CSC Talk Radio, help educate and activate America, and grow your business at the same time. Looking for new customers? Looking to have your business reaching out from sea to shining sea? Advertise with CSC Talk Radio. Believe in your product? Let Beth Ann be your personal spokesperson to properly brand your product and company. It's simple, easy, and affordable. Grow your business, grow common sense, and together we will bring America home. To be a part of CSC Talk Radio, call 573-796-2166. That's 573-796-2166 or send email to beth at csctalkradio.com. Melody Cedarstrom and CSE Talk Radio team up as Common Sense Voices of Integrity. I personally endorse Melody Cedarstrom to be your trusted go-to expert for all your precious metal needs. Experts agree a financial crisis and even collapse is inevitable. Given our government's lack of economic leadership and self-interest of those in power, it's no longer a question of if you should purchase gold and silver, but if you will purchase gold and silver before it's too late. Melody encourages you to tune in each weekday morning. Visit CSE Talk Radio.com. We both agree truth and education are the two significant factors in both our missions. There is a wealth of misinformation out there. Let Melody and Beth Ann help you sort through the chaos and bring you home to the truths that will ensure that you and your family are protected. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading, 1-800-375-4188 or online at DGSCoins.com. Melody and Beth Ann are strong forces together working to preserve liberty and bring America home. Do we lack enthusiasm and understanding of the word liberty? Do we weep for liberty which we have lost? Or do we simply not understand the substance and sacrifice for which we were once privileged? Liberty. Webster defines liberty as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's life, behavior, or political views. Today we seem to want restrictions. Government micromanaging our lives? But do we realize the cost? Alexander Hamilton once stated, There is a certain enthusiasm in liberty that makes human nature rise above itself in acts of bravery and heroism. As a republic, we the people must guard the liberty of others. We must continue the enthusiasm that will make men free. Visit csctalkradio.com, where Beth Ann puts enthusiasm and common sense back into American liberty as she brings America home. 